All right, let's, let's jump in. And so, you know, I've been praying for, for our time together this week and just thinking about um, what we're going to talk about. I'm super excited about it. But if I'm just being really honest, it's been one of the craziest weeks of my life. And, um, and so I've just been, I've been coming in hot this morning. And so I feel really like, hey, there's some weeks where I need you to really lean in. And, you know, really need you, you're going to have to work hard, I think, to hear this morning. And so do you guys want to do that? Can you help me out this morning? Like there's sometimes where you have a lot of time to prepare and it's just clean and there's three points and everything rhymes and, it, and this is not that this morning. And so, you know, um, but I think it's really fun because I, I feel like God's trying to teach me how to rely on him in real time. And so, um, and so I encourage us, man, let's, let's just really expect God to speak to us. And so let's lean in. And if there's something that I say that um, is not from the Lord, we're going to ask Lord to forgive it and, and, to, and you guys can come and confront me and we'll, we'll work through it. But the things that are from the Lord, let's let them stick to our hearts. And so, you know, I was thinking about um, the way that gifts come to us in life. And, and there are many postures that, that we receive gifts. You know, you think about Christmas, you think about birthday, you think about just, you know, just a special occasion. And, and there's sometimes, isn't it true that the posture of our heart, someone gives us a gift and, and you know, you open that gift on Christmas morning or, 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 you know, someone gives it to you and you see the gift. And isn't it true you've had these moments before where you see that gift and you go, I'm never gonna use that, right? You ever had one of those moments or, or you, you, you open a gift from one of your aunts and you're like, I'm never going to wear that shirt. Like, and, and, and you all know this gift that, that sometimes we have this posture where you receive something and you're like, I'm, I'm not going to use that. Sometimes you receive a gift and it's a really thoughtful gift. It's an incredible gift, but you realize that you're only going to be able to use that gift like once a year. <laughs> you're like, man, that is awesome. I wish that I could use it more. And my in-laws got me a, uh, a table saw for Christmas. And I, I, I love to, to, to work with wood, still have all my fingers which is a good sign and 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 but my time's limited you know I have a lot of little kids running around the house and um, jobs very busy and things that I love to do um, so once a year around Christmas time we have some when things have slowed down around our church I'll build something and and so I get this great gift on Christmas and I'm like that's awesome I'm not going to be able to use it but once a year and you know and so there's there's gifts that you, you receive and you're like I'm not gonna ever use that and there's gifts that you're like I wish I could use that more and and isn't it true that the, the best gifts in life are the, the ones that come and you instantly get to start using them and 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 not just instantly get to start using them but you get to use it for a long time and, and you think about this, the, the gifts that are, are the best gifts, at least for me, I'm not going to speak for you, are the ones that come and they have a longevity to them. So I think about my junior year of college and um, Courtney bought me clippers to buzz my head and the same clippers I still have to this day. And, and I'm like, the greatest gift that someone could give me and, and a gift that you get to start using immediately and, and last for a long time. And you know, I wanted to start out this way because we're going to talk about uh, just the, the posture of our hearts, um, receiving the, a particular gift this morning. But before we do that, I want to just, just kind of name, you know, we are in a, 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 a sweet season here as a church family. And, and if you're new to us, you know, if you're new with us, this is your first week, I'll catch you up a little bit. You know, we're, you, we're, we're looking forward to Easter you know, Easter's like our Super Bowl around here. It's, it's the, the Sunday where all eyes and all attentions on the fact that Christ rose from the dead. And we talk about that every Sunday, but there's something special about Easter where, where people who don't go to church most of the time, where people who are far from God, they, they come in, they give God a chance and we get excited about Easter around here. And so as a church family, we're, we're looking forward to Easter and, and it's not just Easter that marks this season that we're in right now, but the, the, the chapter that we've been in as a, a family here at Marathon, 
on for the past 10 years. Like this, this chapter is coming to a close. And, and, and the new season that, that is the new chapter that God is, is, is about to turn the page on here in about a month, the, the, the chapter that he's writing in our church family where our church family and the Cannery church family are coming together to become one church family. And, and we're just in this, this season and, it, and it's sweet and there's some sadness to it and, and there's lots of good things and lots of hard things and lots of challenges. And, and Andrew and I have just been going, man, how do we make the most out of this season? How do we capitalize on this season? How do we, how do we celebrate and mourn the things that, that have been and the things that are not gonna be anymore in, in this realm? And, and how do we look forward to the things that God has for us on the horizon? And so two weeks ago, um, we talked about the story in John 13 where Jesus, the night before he was betrayed, he gets down from the evening meal and he washes his disciples' feet. And, and he says to them, hey, I've, I've set you an example so that you can do for others as I've done for you. And the call is, hey, I, I want you, if you're my follower, to, to serve one another. That the call, that the thing that Jesus was demonstrating, the thing that he went first is, is, he, is, he, is he showed us that as a follower of Jesus, the thing that we are known as is, is servants. And then last week, Andrew brought a word about the, the, the type of love that marks our God and that marks us, his people, this type of love that is agape. It's a Greek word. It means unconditional, the unending love of God. And so today, you know, we've been, we've been talking about serving, we've been talking about loving. This morning, I want to, I want to talk about the source where our strength comes from to, to be servants, to live out this type of love, where, where we get this desire to love, where we get this desire to serve. And, and the gift, the thing that we're gonna talk about this morning is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, when anyone turns to Jesus, um, when anyone acknowledges their, their need for Jesus, and, and I was thinking about this, you know, I, I, I wanna be a part of a church that, that we, we say that we need Jesus and we actually mean it. Um, that Jesus is not an afterthought to us. That, that Jesus isn't the person that we think about on an hour, for an hour on Sunday mornings, but, but as, a, as, as his people that we recognize our need for him all throughout the week, every day from sunup to sundown and not just our need for him, but our desire for him. And so when the scriptures make it clear that whenever anyone turns to Jesus, you're, you're living life, you're pursuing the things that you were going after and you realize it was a dead end road and, and you realize that, that there's a God in heaven who loves you, who's come to save you through Jesus, which says that whenever anyone turns to this Jesus, whenever anyone acknowledges Jesus, whenever anyone lays down their life for Jesus and for the gospel, it says that the gift that is given to every person is a gift the Holy Spirit, the presence of God himself indwelling every single follower of Jesus. This gift of God, God with us, God in us. The Holy Spirit of God who, who speaks to us. Uh, the Spirit of God who comforts us the Spirit of God who encourages us, the Spirit of God who, who reminds us of the words of God, the one who counsels us, the one who points our eyes to Jesus, the Spirit of God, the person of God living inside of us. And this morning, we're gonna look at really just one verse. Um, and it comes in Ephesians chapter four, verse 30. And as we're talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit, this is a verse that just kept coming up in my heart this week. This is what Paul writes, Ephesians chapter four, verse 30. He says this, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. 
um, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now we're really gonna just unpack this, this verse this morning. And, and I love it because what Paul writes is, is he says, you know, you've, you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. You know, and in the first century, they would have heard that, that, that word and it would have meant something different than it does to us. You know, in the first century, when, when someone important was, was, was um, sending a letter in the mail, you know, we, we licked the envelope and we put it in the mailbox or maybe, you, you know, take water now because it's just more acceptable. And, but, you know, you, you put the mail in, in the mailbox, but in, in, in their world, you, you had a, a signet, you had a seal and you would get this, 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 this mold and you would, you would put in a piece of, of wax and you would put it on that letter to, to finalize it and you would send this letter to someone. And it was, it was this way of saying, this is, this is authenticated. This is true. This is from me, that everything in here is, is from me. Everything in here is intact. If the seal has been broken, you know that it's been tampered with. And I love this language that, that Paul is drawing from, that he's using. He says, you need to know that as God's people, you, you've been sealed by God. That God has literally done something inside of you. God's done something permanent. God has, 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 has sealed something inside of you. That, that what he has sealed is his presence inside of you. That he has sealed redemption. That, that what this means is that when, when, when you die, when Christ returns, when he raises the dead and you stand in front of Christ one day to give account for your life, your life has been hidden with God. Your life has been sealed. God's gonna say, you're with me. And I love this because Paul says, you need to understand that the, the Holy Spirit is God's seal right now that you're good with God. The presence of God is, is there to help us and to instruct us, but it's also the, the, the seal on our lives. It reminds us that, that, God, that, 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 that God has better things in store for us. That this life and all of its brokenness and all of its ailments and all of its struggles, it's not what life is going to be like when Christ returns. And he says, you've been given the Holy Spirit. I want you to think about this with me for a minute. Are you someone who is coachable? Would you describe yourself as someone that's approachable? Um, would you say that, that you are, are confident in who you are as God's child, as his son, or as his daughter, that, that you can take constructive criticism? Are you someone that's eager to be led? Are you, are you someone that's eager to grow, to, to learn from, from God, but also from others? Or when you look at your life, if, would you say you're more closed off? Yeah. You're insecure. You, you can't and you won't take constructive criticism. You're, you're judgmental. You're hard. You're prideful. And I want you to think about this. These questions matter because it's, it's indicative of, of how we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, some of us, you know, if, if you're being really honest, maybe you'd go, I, when I think about the gift of the Holy Spirit, I, I kind of look at the Spirit and go, I don't, I don't want you in my life. Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus or maybe you're a follower of Jesus and your heart is just really hard and you go, I don't, I don't want to be led by God right now. I want to do things my own way. Or, or maybe you, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit like that gift that, that you receive that, that you really put to work once a year. And so if you really actually look at your life, you go, man, I, I let the Holy Spirit speak into my life and guide me and move like once a year. <laughs> 
or, or a couple times a year, or, 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 or it, it's, 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 it's on you. You get to decide how much you listen to the Spirit. And some of you, you, you view the Spirit of God like that gift that comes into your life, and, and you understand that it's daily walking with Him. How do you receive the Holy Spirit? And Paul has some really important words here. He says, my brothers and sisters, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. If you're a follower of Jesus, hear these words. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. There's some weight to that, right? Um, What does it look like to, to grieve the Holy Spirit? You know, I think grieving the Holy Spirit is is not listening to the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, you, you see this in, in relationships that you have. You know, I see this with my children where, where I'll, I'll ask them to do something or I'll, or I'll tell them, you know, or, or I'll tell them to do something and, and they just blatantly just disignore. Disignore. There you go. There's a new word for you. <laughs> disobey, ignore. They blatantly disobey. And, and every time I ask my, my kids to do something they, and they don't do it, my, my response, it's, it grieves me. Why? Oh, kids, why don't you just trust me? Why don't you just do what I ask? Why do you, why do you think that I'm out for, to, to harm you or to make life hard? I am only here to help you, to form you, to, to, to grow you up, to help you become a man of God, a woman of God, to help you to be a, a contributable person to society. Why is it that you, you, you buck against everything that I ask you to do? Why is it? And, and, and you know this in relationships. I feel this in my relationship with my wife or, where she'll ask me to do something and she'll tell me something and I'm like, what was she saying? You know, an hour later, what did she tell me to do? What did she ask me to do? And, and every time it's, you know, you're, you're, you're not listening to the people around you. It, it, it grieves, right? Isn't that true? When you have something important to say and you're trying to communicate and the other person doesn't care, it grieves you. And Paul looks at it and says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of, of God that's inside of you, you know? And I was thinking about there, there's a huge advantage that comes when, when we listen to someone who has been through what we've gone through and has come out on the other side. You know, I love, I love talking to Gerald and Sherry when we were kind of talking through the, the potential of Marathon and Cannery coming together and, and got to talk to both of them. And, 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 and it was interesting because, you know, they, they said, Man, God's got us. And you don't have to worry about um, how, how things are going to play out. And, and they said, we've been through things like this before. And we know that God comes through and, and there's something about, about someone who's, who's been through it, who has real experience, that just has this ability to bring peace. And I love it because the spirit of the living God who was there in the very beginning, who has seen it all, who's heard it all, who sees it all, is living inside of us. The spirit of God who has the bird's eye view. You know, so often we see things right in front of us. We only have this limited perspective, but the Holy Spirit of God doesn't. The Spirit of God sees all things. He sees the beginning of our life, the end of our life. He sees everything that's happening around us. He sees how it all works together. And I was thinking about when I was in school, I was studying um, 
studying to be pastor, studying ministry and the, the Bible and theology. And I remember coming into to so many of my classes and we would come up on something in scripture and I didn't know what it meant. And, and I just remember so often, so badly, just wanting to know what their opinion was. Hey, tell me what this means. And over and over and over again, it was so frustrating. They would hardly ever tell me what they believe because they wanted me to wrestle with it. That they understood that their job wasn't just to, to tell me the answers, it was to teach me how to think. It was to teach me how to wrestle with the Lord and to wrestle with scripture and to, and to wrestle it out because they understood that if I would wrestle it out, that I would walk away with convictions. And, and, and if, if they just go, gave me the answer, you know, convictions can, you know, if you don't have convictions, things change and they fade and they sway. But, but if, if you wrestle with something and you believe it, you hold on to it, it shapes you. And so they had this perspective. And you don't need me to give you the answer. They had this, this view, what, what, what I needed was to, to learn how to think and to, and to wrestle and to be stretched. And I love this because the God of the universe is with us. And he's willing to lead us in everything in life. And I go, man, that we would listen. That, that we as God's children would, would follow the spirit every single time. You know, the reality is that, that sometimes the, the Holy Spirit is inviting us to do something. Maybe he's convicting us over a sin we need to confess or he's, he's convicting us that we need to take a risk or he's, invic he's convicting us that we need to, to, to reach out to share our faith or we need to start being generous. We need to start sharing our time or whatever it is. And, and so often the Holy Spirit will start stirring things inside of us. And isn't it true that, that so often at, that when God starts stirring things, there are just times that we don't want to do it. Amen? There are times that, that God's putting something in front of us. And, and as God's people, sometimes we're like, we don't want to do that. And I want you to understand that Jesus felt this. In Matthew 26, the night before he's crucified, the father put it on him. Hey, you, you got to die for the sins of the world. And Jesus going, I don't want to do it. Go read Matthew 26, 36. Father, if there's any other way. And what I love about this is because Jesus really normalizes for, for us what it looks like for, for the spirit of God to be leading things and for us to be resistant at first to it. But I love Jesus. He shows us the example that our posture, if we want to be like him, if we want to follow him, is, is every time we follow the spirit. You know, if you're tracking with us back in February, our, our church went through a, a month-long journey of, of prayer and fasting. And, and every day we were reading through the Sermon on the Mount. And there's this one particular passage that Jesus says towards the end of, of Matthew chapter 7 that I've just kind of found disturbing. And what Jesus says is this in, in Matthew chapter 7. He says, um, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will inherit the kingdom of heaven but only those who do the will of my Father in heaven. He says, on that day, many will say to me, Jesus, didn't I perform signs and, and wonders and miracles and didn't I prophesy? And Jesus says, and on that day, I will say, I never knew you, get away from me. I don't know about you, that's a pretty disturbing passage. It's not like a feel good. And what I love about that, Jesus is saying, you know, it's those who do my will. 
And maybe we needed to hear that this morning, that, man, that, that our lives as, as God's children, as his sons and daughter, it's not just about living however we want in this life. Our life, our communal life as a church family is to do whatever God wants. And really, that's, that's actually what we want. Think about when you, when you try to do life your way. Right? When, when you've resisted the Holy Spirit, when you've tried to take things into your own hands, when, when you know God's inviting you to do something, but, but you pull a Jonah and you go the exact opposite way, isn't it true that it never works out for you? It never does. Our desire is, is to, to live out the Father's will in this life. Jesus says the only way you enter, the heaven, enter heaven is by doing my Father's will. And I love what Paul writes in Romans chapter eight. He says that, this, that he who searches the mind of the Spirit, he says that the Spirit intercedes for God's people on behalf of the will of God. Which means that the, the Spirit of God is inside of us. And the thing that the Spirit is doing is he is trying to align us with God's will for our life. And so guys, what does it look like not to grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, well we keep in step with the Spirit. And we create space to, to listen to the Spirit, that, that we ask questions. When we don't know what to do in life, when, when, when our job is unsatisfying or, or we're not satisfied with the, the relationship that we're in or we're, in, we're in unsatisfied with, with the condition of our family, what do we do? Man, we, we pray about it and we, and we ask the Holy Spirit, what do we do? We create space, we come to him and we obey every time. You know, as, as God's people, we, we make up our mind beforehand. We make up our mind right now. God, we're going to follow you. Because we're going we're gonna to come into to moments and situations where, you know, the, if, we don't, if, we, if we don't have this resolve, that, that we're not going to grieve the Spirit, that we're going to follow you, then what's going to happen is the enemy's going to find us in a moment of weakness. And we'll come up with an excuse and we'll weasel our way out of it. But we, we come together as his, as his children and we go, no, we're going to follow the spirit of God. You know, how much trouble in life could be avoided should we just choose to listen to the Holy Spirit? Do things God's way. How much trouble could be avoided by, by, by listening to the Spirit of God? And, and it's not just listening, it's, it's letting other people speak into it. Here's what I mean by this. You know, I, I really believe that every person who has the Spirit of God, I mean, God speaks to you. And, but so often discerning what God is saying is done in community. And, and, and it gets dangerous when, when God's people, you know, they, they hear something and then they don't let anyone else speak into it. You know, when you hear something from God and you're so convinced that it's from God and, and you're not humble enough to let the people around you who love you most speak into it. And so I even think about the way that this manifests in, in other world religions. You know, Muhammad, the, the, the leader of, of Islam, goes into a cave and he gets this vision from God and he comes out and he starts sharing with, with all of his people, all of his followers, hey, this is what God has shown me. And everyone just goes along with it. And, and he literally writes the Quran. 
from this vision that he had by himself. And, and if only he would have come out and said, hey, I had this vision. And someone would have said, that's not actually what's going on, dude. Like, you, you didn't actually hear from God. That's not what God is telling you to do. It's like, whoa. And so for us to, to understand that, that God does speak to us, but we actually need each other to keep us on the ground, to speak into it. We get into a lot of trouble and we try to take things in our own hand. We think that we can do it all on our own. Man, we are the body of Christ, which means that we need each other. We need each other to help. You know, the Holy Spirit, he, he comes into our life and, and he comes in for our peace and for our joy, but he also comes into our life for others' good. In this life, it's, it's not just about you having a peaceful and joyful life. It's about you and I helping other people come to know God. I go, what if, what if God just used us to change one person's life. Don't think about 100. Don't think about 300. Think, what if God used you to change one person? I was having coffee with a friend a while ago, and, and he was just telling me about his life. And man, his, his home life was an absolute mess. He didn't grow up knowing God, didn't grow up around church. And, and, and there was this friend of his that was just so incredibly loyal and consistent that he showed up and, and he tangibly loved him. And when things were, were going awry at home, man, he said, you can come stay at my house as long as you need to. And my parents will take care of you and we'll protect you and we'll, we'll do whatever we need to, to, to love on you and to support you. And, 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 and my friend was telling me about how, how, how he had this friend who came along and he was just this rock. Consistent, he was there. And his friend, he recognized, man, he, he's got all these needs, but chief among those needs is Jesus. And so he started inviting him to church. And at first he's like, I don't want to go to church. <laughs> you know, my family doesn't go to church. I don't care about, I don't, I don't need that in my life. And he just kept persisting. And he was telling me, he said, this, this crazy thing started to happen. He said, my, my friend actually tricked me into going to church. <laughs> you know, he, he tricked me into spending the night with him on Saturday night. And then it didn't have an option, you know. And so I went to church with him. He said, but I started to realize that, that there was something so different about my friend's life. And he said, he kept inviting me to church and I kept going. And he said, through this friend, I came to know Jesus. Jesus, not the concept, not some theory, Jesus, the person. He said, that friend God worked through to change my life. And I go, is there anyone in here that's a follower of Jesus that, that goes, man, I don't want that to be my story. Like all of us are going, I want to be that, right? Like don't you so badly just, just want to be a part of, of helping someone come to, to know God? And this is the Spirit's work in our life. The Spirit so often, He, he works in our life to lead us, to instruct us, 
but the Spirit also works in our life to help other people, to bless other people, to call them into life with God. And so this morning, here's what I want us to do. I want us just to take a couple of minutes and to reflect personally. You know, you throw up that slide, please, Todd. You know, there are a couple of questions I want you to, to think about. And we'll just, we'll play some, some music in the background. I want you just to really, to think about these questions. You know, when it comes to the Holy Spirit's work in your life, would you say right now that you're marked by receptivity? Like that when the Spirit speaks, you're going, yes. Or are you marked by resistance? Or are you marked by something else? The second question I want you to wrestle with and, and, and to really ask, Holy Spirit, is there anything that you want me to know or do right now? And so we're gonna take the next couple minutes and just gonna give you some space. I encourage you to, to close your eyes, to pull out a journal, to really pray and to pay attention to the things that come into your mind, the things that come into your heart. You might see a picture or there might be something that comes to the surface. Pay attention to the things. No, James tells us that when you pray, believe that God's doing something. So we're gonna take the next couple minutes privately, individually wrestling with these questions. I'll call us out of this after a few minutes and we'll go take communion together. And so let's, let's, let's wrestle with this. You can close your eyes if you feel more comfortable doing that. Let's wrestle with these two questions for the next few minutes. Hey, let's, let's stand up. I wanna pray pray for us. And then Scholar's going to lead us in some more worship. And so Lord, we have taken this bread and this juice, your body, your blood. And we just say that, that listening to your spirit, following your spirit is not us earning salvation. It's us responding to the salvation you've given to us. That Jesus, you died, you rose again, you will return. And, and so Lord, I pray this morning that Holy Spirit, you would just lead us to Jesus. And that we would, we would be people that, that love you with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength, that we truly love our neighbor as much as we love ourselves. And so, Lord, would you unleash on us just a fresh blessing, the ability to trust you, to hear you, Holy Spirit, to follow you. And God, we are so imperfect. You know we're gonna, we're gonna stumble, we're gonna fall, and your grace meets us. But I pray that your, your kindness would lead us to repentance. And so all the places this, this morning where you're convicting us, God, let us take actions into turning to you. God, forgive us for all the times that we've ignored you and, and, and put you on the shelf. And, and God, we wanna, be, we, we wanna treat you like the gift that you are and to walk with you. And so unleash that on us. Help us unclog our ears, soften our hearts. This we pray in the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, if you want prayer, I'll, I'll be at the back of the respond banner. Courtney and I will be back there. Or maybe just me, because she's holding the baby. But I'll be in the back if you want to pray. Scholars are gonna lead us in some more worship. Love you all.